0: We are in a very um, homeschool friendly state where our requirements are very low and some states have even fewer rules and regulations to abide by. Um, I'm, I'm trying not to dox my location so I'm not going to go too much into that. But basically what we promise is that we're going to give our children X amount of hours of homeschool education and um, we're going to lay out a curriculum of what we intend to teach our children at that very moment. And, you know, sometimes I have a book and I think that it's awesome, but then five lessons in, I think, oh, oh that is not the book I wish to use for my children's education. So I, I pitch it. Um, it's It completely depends on the state or country that you're in, I would highly recommend that you join the um, Homeschool Legal Defense something. I I can message Gordon the official abbreviation. Um, There's a nice Homeschool Legal Defense group and they can tell you exactly what you have to do in order to be compliant with homeschool regulations in your American state. You go figure that out and you know you you say what you have to say to be in compliance what matters to me personally as a homeschooling mom is that i give my kids a very full and well-rounded education um and that's that's something that we do in our home there are teacher manuals with every curriculum that you can get that we will recommend at Dissident-Homeschool. And they will, in some cases, literally tell you what to say to your child to teach your child how to divide uh, for the very first time. Now, we, we started with um, imaginary sheep and putting them in two pens. So we have 10 sheep, we're gonna put them in two pens. How many sheep go in each pen, dear daughter? We, we got it, it's not bad, it's not hard. It's a beautiful learning process. I can highly, highly recommend it. Um, it's, It's so much better than public school. It's also so much better than private school because we have our children's best interest at heart and nobody can do a better job than we can because it's our child. We are so deeply invested into making sure that that child becomes a wonderful, Nazi.
1: if you ever wanted Scholastic for Nazis. Hold on. No, no, no. That's the intro. That's the intro. We got to do... the. Sorry, sorry, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I will shut the fuck up. (laughs) Hello, everyone. Welcome to an incredibly ugly episode of Wet Wired. I'm Sean Andis, And I'm Julian Paul Butt. In the past weeks and months, we've talked uh, quite a few times about efforts to undermine public education we've uh we've had discussions about astroturfed organizations that encourage and are giving talking points to people so that they can protest at their local school boards and sometimes not even their local school boards sometimes encouraging people to go to school boards and districts where they don't even live let alone have children uh, that attend school there we've also talked about big money donors like zuckerberg and the gates foundations um pushing for school privatization. Sometimes they they use terms like voucher programs or school choice initiatives. And those are typically promoted as plans that give more, you know, quote unquote freedom to parents. But it's the kind of freedom that that you get when you pass right to work legislation, where it turns out that it just turns your state into an at will firing state where they don't even need to give you a reason to to let go of somebody from a job. And ultimately, what these programs do with schools is they they continue to sap funding from schools that are already strapped the third leg of that stool of undermining public education is this growing initiative and really growing strongly since covid times to promote homeschooling as an alternative to public schools now during covid it would like that was the deal you had no choice kids schools were closed but it was also an opportunity for a lot of these fringe groups to push homeschooling as a permanent alternate arts to push homeschooling as a permanent alternative to going to public school and not, not coincidentally in any way, the parents that are most often looking for a way to get their kids out of public schools. These are the same type of people who are, you're going to find following and and reposting, retweeting libs of TikTok, and demanding that school libraries remove books with LGBTQ plus characters. Now in Florida, because of Ron DeSantis'
2: assortment of bills that are both incredibly vague on purpose and incredibly severe, the libraries inside of teachers' classrooms are across Florida totally stripped until they can figure out which books are going to be officially sanctioned by the state. And that is because the teachers will themselves get third-degree felony charges. If they have an unapproved book in their classroom, it it, it is, it, I mean, talk about the epitome of fucking fascist behavior. The uh, state we're going to be talking about a little bit today, Ohio, introduced a bill called the Backpack Bill. And this will surprise, I think, nobody, that it was written by Center for Christian Value. It, it would send public money following the kid around like a little backpack. Uh, if they chose private school, so the idea is whatever. You know, there's a certain amount of money that's allotted per kid. And it's just possible, another
1: name for a voucher program. It's just
2: another version of it. it this, yeah, would I mean it, the voucher
1: thing has been going on since I, I, I think that was that was devised at, at least as early as the 80s. And we have to remember that the, the, this push for private schools in the first place, this had this was a response to desegregation in public schools.
2: It was right after Brown versus Board. Yeah, they, uh, and, and our favorite televangelist is a large spearheading force uh, behind that in at that time, anyways. Wait, who,
1: who's our favorite televangelist?
2: Uh, oh, come on, of all times for Where, not where remember is he? His name. Uh, uh, he's been around. Have we covered him on the show? No. Oh, Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm being sarcastic when I say our favorite televangelist. Uh, well, that's why I'm asking, because there's so many that we've <laughs> talked about. I mean, we've talked about Greg Lark, Locke. Uh, we even have Bob Larson, if we can call him a televangelist. He's more radio, I suppose. Eh, he's more like a tell exorcist. <laughs> anyway, moving on. The important part is that at that time, we had that move specifically to go to private schools that way, they could segregate those private schools in response to Brown versus Borg. That was the point.
1: Yeah. And the private schools existed, and so did homeschooling. Those things existed, but it w- there wasn't a big push behind it. In fact, there was a big push for public education, which is how we ended up with so many public schools. Now, the backpack bill,
2: notably, increases funding and applies to homeschools in Ohio. Now so, see that is
1: a difference between the voucher stuff. So it's not it's your money in Ohio wouldn't just be going to with your kid to a private school if you chose to go there, which again undermines the entire public education system and makes it even worse than it already is, which is part of the plan, but it would take that money and just put it in your house. Yeah. The, the people we're going to be talking about pretty quick here, they, they address this about how inexpensive it is to run a homeschooling program and for your own kids. Yeah, and how little money it actually costs and trying to encourage parents to do likewise. So this doesn't help anybody, really. It, this is not the thing that's stopping people from homeschooling. Today, we're going to talk about reporting from Christopher Mathias, which has recently been published in the Huffington Post, and other work has been published other places. But as far as I can tell, he was he was the one that, that, that first broke this story. Well, uh, for, first one that published uh, material about it, at least. And it covers work done by the Anonymous Comrades Collective to expose a Nazi-inspired homeschooling network called the Dissident Homeschool. Dissident Homeschool is a telegram channel. And really, it's a collection of resources that is operated by a married couple who have up until really recently, and I don't want to bury the lead here, but the up until very recently have gone by the, uh, the pseudonym The Saxons, Mr. and Mrs. Saxon. Fucking creative. Who are trying to raise their children according to Nazi principles. And the channel itself describes itself as a place for dissident homeschool parents. Find material here that is not riddled with current year programming. And the the current year is going to be your first – this is your first uh, dipping of your toes into some of the slang that they use. Yeah. These – something that has been revealed to me that I didn't know before is just how completely pathologically online Nazis are now. Yeah. There they, is so there, there is so much message board talk with the with these groups. They 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 use these words like you hear things that are just great to your ears. And I I I I'm not exaggerating. This is probably the, the grossest topic that I think that we have covered on this show. And it's one of the grossest things I've experienced listening to them talk amongst themselves freely without moderating themselves uh for, for outside audiences. This is how they, like, listening to how they talk to each other was absolutely disgusting. It was an hour and a half of a fucking horror show. Hour and 50-something minutes. Yeah. And there it was not the only one. It was just the one that we focused on for this show. <laughs> the, you hear words, like, you, you hear things that get turned into verbs. You have words that get turned into verbs that should never be turned into verbs. They use like the term "black" Like, blacked. As in something was referring to black people, either- I don't think any, I don't think that's lost on anybody, okay but the yeah <laughs> like like the, hearing the term uh, paused or paused" as in the the verb form of POC. Oh, that's what that means. I made a note here to try to figure out what the fuck that means. So so it's used in the same breath as as the word blacked. As in, that's what happened to our school system, and why we don't put our kids there anymore because it was past. And they also use terminally online vernacular uh, that is
2: typically associated, I think, with younger crowds, like "based" and
1: oh yeah, stuff they, like over that. And it over and it over sounded again. You so cringy pill? when Do their voices sounded fucking boomer. It was. I, I well, they're not though. I, yeah, I, th- I they sound like Gen like X or something. They sound like they're either Gen X or millennial. You but, know, like judging by the age of their children too, that would put them right in that demographic of being, you know, forty years old. But the way that they're
2: using these terms, it, it, it's so fucking cringy and out of place. Well, see, except it's not, if you're terminally
1: it, online, They're because they are they like I said, they are pathologically like they they are diagnosably online. <laughs> And that's that's their entire community. It's in the that's DSM how five, each
2: other Online, that's how they they, they
1: formed these. <laughs> that's how they formed these cumula- these these communities. And you know they've accumulated these groups, in on message boards. I mean, this is this is the same shit that we were ta- talking about with Martin Rook. This is this is a Telegram, four chan, eight coon grown movement.
3: I would say that the best way to make sure that you're socializing your kids properly is you yourself need to have a proper social circle. And that means getting vetted. That means keeping being aware of who you are friends with and who is around you and having a lot of children so that the other people in your fully vetted, proper social circle have children for their own children to socialize with. You can, yes. you can make the socialization you want to see in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, that's well, exactly and right. It, and, it'll yeah. definitely help your children to be able to have somebody that they can uh, express these ideas with openly and not have to hide themselves away uh, like some of our brothers do now and uh, drive themselves insane.
4: And um, some of the, the kids that I'm most comfortable with my kids playing with are, you know, the kids of other, um, you know, and kids in relations of other kids in our our, our like our pool party, you know, our uh, other other people like us who their kids are following very much the same kind of trajectory in their education and and um, social outlook. Um, you know, my my kids can actually be them. You know, my daughter especially, 'cause she's she's the oldest again. Um, she can really be herself around these other kids, and she she can say what she wants and not have to worry about someone coming down on her like a ton of bricks. Um, and she knows that. And it's, it's really interesting to see how young it is that these kids actually pick up on these social cues and they know when and when not to uh, say the right or the wrong thing. And, um, you, you know, ha- put 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 some faith in your kids, you know, don't 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 feel like you have to wait until they're 15 before you can, you know, f- dispense those red pills. You can you can start much earlier. And in fact, I think you're better off if you do because um, You you want to provide them with an alternative to the degenerate social living in this country um, well before, you know, any of that stuff calcifies in their mind. And I'm always hearing
3: about people like we're having more guys having children every day. I hear about it all the time. I mean, uh, so if you aren't vetted and you and if you have children and you aren't vetted, you should definitely get vetted because it'll help grow that community. And if you don't know how to get vetted, you can message me, and I will direct
1: you to anybody I know. And there's another one about getting vetted, and they said pool parties in there again. The so we're not talking about a pool, we're talking about a like a swimming pool. We're talking about a pool of people. I think that context is clear. But then this this language. I mean, you hear you you heard Mister Saxon say red getting red pilling his children before they have a chance to get indoctrinated by the culture. And I'm no fan of the culture that we live in right now. It's, there are all kinds of things that are, that are incredibly gross about that too. But this, this, I, this community building, I mean, you see the effort that's already in place. Like they know what, that, what they're doing. They're aware of the tactics that they're using and, and that if they consolidate with each other, then they don't have to deal with the normies as they call them. Out in the world, it is so important for them to have this insular community, have their own lingo,
2: which is is part of the cultivation process that that creates those sorts of bonds within this network, and the the trust and support of each other against the outside world. And I mean, in a in a later spot, he even says, uh, talking about how his daughter. Uh, uh, even though she knows when to say it, at least at home she still she still gets it. He's talking about how she's saying the right things. "Quote, Dad, I just don't like seeing black people on TV." Very good, daughter. Very good. I'm proud of you.
1: Yeah, she was Holy talking. Gonna, uh, he was talking about his daughter watching a uh, watching a show that that somehow slipped through the cracks because they they've over in another place they talk about how they curate all the content that their children see so they actually have a media hub in their house they have no outside media like subscriptions to Netflix or whatever and so they have a media hub that is the only source of of you know any sort of like television or movies in the house i'm sure it's just like sound of music on repeat the- <laughs> And somehow there was a show that slipped through that had a black person in it. And that was when he delivered that anecdote about his daughter, you know, didn't want to watch the show anymore because there was a black person and she doesn't like seeing black people on television. This is from Chris Mathias's article.
2: The Saxons said they launched the dissident
1: homeschool channel
2: on Telegram after years of searching for and developing Nazi approved material for their own homeschooled children, material they were eager to share. The Dissident Homeschool channel, which now has nearly 2,500 subscribers, is replete with this material, including ready-made lesson plans authored by the Saxons on various subjects, like Confederate General Robert E. Lee, a grand role model for young white men, and Martin Luther King Jr., the antithesis of our civilization and our people. What the fuck?
1: Miss, Mrs. Saxon got really annoyed that uh, when her child was still in public, uh, was, was in a private Catholic school, this same daughter that doesn't like seeing black children on television anymore. She, Mrs. Saxon got really pissed off because there was a lesson of, about Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks. <laughs> and they were yeah. celebrating Martin Luther King Day. As an example, this is Mrs. Saxon giving a book review on Telegram. I wish I could do a vaguely Dutch accent for this. Like uh, she doesn't sound that Dutch. I mean,
2: just he's got that twinge. In summary, this book is insidious about injecting white guilt into your brood. At best, it recites some principles from Mein Kampf, but only in at the best. Narrow... At,
1: at best. At best.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but only in the narrow-minded viewpoint of a little girl. During the story, the reader will be made to believe that the Germans are evil house-thieving, baby-throwing bad people who say mean things about Jews. I can definitely nominate this book for the bump file. Burn. For the, for the burn pile. Say it again. <laughs> I can definitely nominate this book for the burn pile.
1: Make it bigger. Make your text bigger.
2: <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I always forget to make my text bigger because I'm fucking 80 In years old. In denial
1: that you need glasses? Shh. <laughs> So really, the like in short, this book is just... It wasn't Nazi enough. I'm not going to even give the title of the book out. It doesn't matter. But you can find b- b- this book and many books like it from a fantastic Nazi publishing company called Antelope Hill.
2: The kind of resources that are being collected in these places, I can't stress enough, are literally Nazi resources. Terminally online people will hear everyone and their mother called Nazis and fascists from I mean this is being lobbed from every possible side but the fact that they're actual Nazis talking about raising good Nazi children is the part that boggles my fucking mind how yeah do you, how do you uh, here's another here's another point?
1: telegram post happy Robert E. Lee Day on January 19th we commemorate the Confederate General Robert E. Lee in the Saxon household, we usually start to celebrate this day on the third Monday of January, until Lee's actual birthday on the 19th. This wholesome assignment covers a range of subjects, such as poetry, history, citizenship, and what it takes to be a good man. Share this post with your friends so their children can learn about the good general too. And Here's another one. Here's a post about the Martin Luther King unit in their homeschool. Martin Luther King Jr. is known for many things, and it is up to us to ensure our children know him for the deceitful, dishonest, riot-inducing Negro he actually was. He is the face of a movement which eth- ethnically cleansed whites out of urban areas. Wow, well, that's a, that's a, a, a real, like a, a flip over of white flight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ethnically cleansed. Of course, you know, ethnic cleansing is usually referred to not just like getting rid of people, but it's usually adjacent to genocide. I mean, it's useless. Ethnically cleansed whites out of urban areas and precipitated the anti white regime that we are now fighting to free ourselves from. This movement that forced Negro idolatry into all areas of society and its power to radically alter the character of our nation was granted to it by Jewish radicals, cowardly politicians, and the treachery of the media. If we do not teach our children about MLK, somebody else will. Keep in mind that this is a unit study for elementary ages. It is written for children. The unit study does at times mention the words homosexual and prostitute. But if you decide to omit the words, the message of the study will not be lost. Mrs. Saxon.
2: They talk about, on the podcast, some uh, other resources, or it was in discussion, and... Uh, the Khan Academy was brought up as a possible resource for parents who are trying to figure out things to teach (laughs) their children he said it was too gay (laughs) Uh, the the exact quote is it's super gay
1: (laughs) (laughs) the Khan Academy and he said that the, uh, the the math sections are okay if you don't mind pictures of black people as scientists
2: yeah And of course, you didn't
1: say the word black people. It wasn't the full N word, but man. All right. I want, I want to do one more, uh, one more from the telegram channel. Something about the telegram channel that, or something that's also a really big part of the dissident homeschool telegram channel is book recommendations. There is one after another. There are, there are so many book recommendations they'll they'll deliver these posts and each one will have you know 10 or 15 but after you get through for a while you're 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 working up to 50 60 book recommendations and they're there are all kinds of things again I'm not gonna list specific titles but the thing that's interesting is that a lot of these books are available on Amazon. A lot of the links that they're posting are Amazon links. This just brings attention more attention than than has already, you know that's that's already been placed on it to how poorly some of these marketplaces, and you know, by extension, the social networks are pol- actually policing the content. They're doing just this most superficial content moderation. And somehow, all of these like blatant Nazi uh, pro- like blatant Nazi materials are available all over the place to buy. So you don't need to find some dark corner. To come across this stuff. It's all right in front of you. You just have to look for it. Mr. Saxon will also inform you
2: that if you want good reading material, you can't go wrong with uh, going with the 20s and 30s and before. Because a lot of this new stuff, as in the last century, is just filled with all of this woke, gay, blacked content that is just there to diversify all of your, all of your uh, uh, institutions and ruin your children. I mean, think of this. He he's talking about everything before we started really working uh, in the in the Western world on things like I don't know the women's right to vote.
1: Right. <laughs> <Or> <laughs> I I got lost for a minute on Twitter and I found myself per- like actually engaging in this absolutely insane back and forth with some guy from Hungary about the decline of Western civilization. And I I felt so stupid after, you know, maybe the third reply that I, that I delivered because it was not a serious conversation. This is somebody who is totally convinced mind made up that things are what they are. And there's nothing you can do to convince somebody like that. Otherwise It's the same lines that are ridiculous to engage in those, in those kinds of, of conversations with people because they don't want to have a conversation. They just want to deflect. They, they have no interest in your facts because they, they doubt the entire, they, they, they doubt the validity of the entire body of facts that you could deliver. The values are totally different. You can, you can criticize Hungary for the, like how they deal with gender equality and they say that's good. They're glad that Hungary does that, yeah. The, and, and so, where are you going to go? You there? There is no sh- shared foundation of values, so the conversation just ends before it's begun. The difference here and is that these people—I I was aren't, foolish enough to not notice that it was over, that it was over before it started. The difference is that these
2: people here aren't aren't equivocating, and they're they're not using any dog whistles in it. No, they they talk about Western saying, civilization about as them. our white race. And he even says, you know, stretching back 2,000 or 3,000 years at one point. Meanwhile, Jordan Peterson is over here talking about Western civilization, but he's trying to play this dance of, oh, I'm not a racist and I'm not a misogynist. Meanwhile, let me tell
1: you some racist and misogynist things. No, no, I'm not a racist or a misogynist. I'm just, and I wish I could do the Kermit the Frog voice, but (laughs) I'm not a racist or a misogynist, but... I just happen to like all the things that were built by, written by, created by racist and misogynists. And he,
2: he focuses on Plato and Aristotle as these great heroes just as much as Mr. Saxon in the interview.
1: I, I don't have any I don't have any I don't need have anything to get against rid of either. Plato and Aristotle because the one thing that we, we need to remember when we think about Western civilization is there are thousands and thousands of years of history from the Middle East all the way through ancient Greece and, and, and ancient Rome, and all kinds of barbaric savage things that occurred during that time period. But this modern conception of of this conception of race that we have now is incredibly modern. It wasn't it, it wasn't even invented until what the 1500s in Europe. Yeah. You know, this idea of racial classification, the way that we describe it. Now, there was plenty of racism going on in places like Rome. I mean, there 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 was a huge uproar when Roman colonies were were allowed to send senators into Rome. The Romans had a big problem with that. I mean, that that's that's definitely xenophobia. It was much more xenophobia than it was racism in the way that we think of racism because they weren't looking at different groups of they weren't seeing like second class citizens they, they i mean well actually that's not true they were but not the way that we've codified it we've codified these things in a way that's very distinct and created a, a whole branch of pseudoscience to support these things that it, it wasn't until very recently that it declined it's specifically about the definition of whiteness
2: that that is yes. the modern delineation here of who's white and who's not white that that's that's the the structure that is novel in the way that we did it. Uh, n- not that racism is novel, but how we did it in our modern conception of it. Those definitions that I have developed are our current definitions that are not the same as they were, you know, thousand years ago or whatever we might examine.
1: And and I think you know the listeners of this show are probably savvy enough to 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 already know the things that I, that we're talking about right now, but. Even this definition of of whiteness is entirely fluid. A hundred years ago, Italians weren't considered white, yeah, you know, Jewish people weren't considered white. Um I mean, Irish were barely considered to be on the same par with Germans. yeah, you know th- and th- these things these things are flexing all the time. And the the, the, the so these are not even like time time immemorial. Positions or or definitions that we, that that racists have held on to, they've changed over time, and you know so I don't know just to round this out a little bit. Here's here's one more from Telegram, sort of you know the revising the past. Uh, just really quick, they're they're rewriting history in in their well, classes. That, that's and that's, uh, that's such what I'm getting important... to. That's where this is going. Okay, <laughs> this is in honor of Thanksgiving. Reminder that the story we were all told as children about helpless white settlers being saved by peaceful, friendly Indians who taught them everything about agriculture, and then the white settlers murdered them all for no reason, is a blatant anti-white lie. The real story is that white settlers at Jamestown had been fending off violent Indian attacks over the course of several years and had managed to broker peace from 1609 to 1614. Well, wait a minute. So that that land, nobody was living there at all. And the, these poor white people just moved in and were trying to like build a camp and a, a bunch of people, a bunch of of Native Americans came from out of town, out of their way, <laughs> just to fuck with them. All right, that's where that's that's the mindset that we're dealing with. In reality, and following every other example we've seen throughout history, the natives had become dependent on the European settlers because they hadn't managed to live there for thousands of years before the Europeans got there. Didn't share the same views on property rights, absolutely not, i.e. jibs me to dat- Oh, my God. I, I don't even know I can read that. Oh, my God. I, I don't even know if. All right. I.E. I can't even do no, it. No, don't. Uh, we can. <laughs> We're oh, going to get canceled. All right. So I'm just going to say <laughs> insert like insert racially charged language directed at black people. Yeah. And all attempts at peace eventually turn violent. In this case, the Powhatan launched a surprise attack on Jamestown in 1622, brutally murdering 347 English settlers and desecrating their bodies. Edward Waterhouse, the colony secretary, wrote in a short pamphlet entitled The Barbarous Massacre that those who died did so under the blouty and barbarous hands of that perfidious and inhumane people, going on to refer to the natives as savages and vowing revenge. Over the course of the ensuing decade, the English soldiers began a protracted war against the Powhatan, which included burning their fields at harvest. Sounds like the only thing served at the first Thanksgiving was justice. Ugh.
4: Oh, the, the objections to homeschooling, typically, number one, is going to be, the socialization thing, and we've we've covered that one I think to death already. Uh, the next objection would be like the parents aren't qualified. Well, ha- have you seen like the the average teacher in this country? We've all we've all been to school, uh, most of us here. Uh, it's abominable. Like, don't tell me that the average person is any dumber than the average teacher. In fact, the level of education that these teachers have received makes them specifically unqualified to be teaching kids because they're damaged. They're they these teachers were educated in ideology above you know pedagogy so their 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 primary concern is to teach compliance it's to teach globo homo it's not to teach your kids now that might be that might be a hard sell for these normies that that don't really you know to, to some extent don't know what we know um, or are not paying attention like we pay attention but uh, Really, there's, when you actually point these things out, like, uh, you know, whether it's conservatives, conservatives, they, they, um, the CRT, that's a thing that really, really activates them. And conservatives get, they get, they're so bad at arguing about this that when the libtard says to them, you know, well, what, can you even define CRT? And the conservative can't do it because they've been taught how to lose, they've been taught to lose every argument they ever have. Um, but but still, on some level, it animates them because they know what it is, but they don't know how to articulate it. And all you have to do is articulate it for these people. You, you know, be be, say what it is that they're thinking, because you already know what they're thinking. They, they're just, you know, too retarded to be able to uh, articulate it themselves.
2: These are the same people who use the term "hollow hoax" to refer to the Holocaust. <laughs>
1: oh my god i know yeah oh yeah that's the other thing that's a big feature of all this is a lot of holocaust denial getting into this sort of bizarre science of how much how, like the volume of gases that were released in in the from the chambers and how it couldn't account for the number of people that were supposedly killed in those chambers and Yeah, this is all solidly debunked stuff. I'm not going to go into it in depth here. I don't have that much interest in learning the specifics uh, enough to explain it, but it is perfectly available. There are a lot of people much more qualified than either of us who have completely debunked these Nazi uh, sympathizing explanations for Holocaust denial. In the, uh, you know, to, to, to get to the short of it, all of this attention has had extreme consequences so far for the Saxons and the people that they've been associating with. Since the story broke, a whole lot of new attention has been placed on the Saxons. And there are, if you—if if people listening didn't know this already, there are weirdos on the Internet who spend all of their time trying to ID people who, who, who show up at protests. On, really, on, on any side of a, of a protest, there's, that's going to happen. And so there are a whole bunch of people who, who feel a calling to ID everybody, for example, and help the FBI at the, the Capitol riots. Or any that there's a, uh, a, a Nazi or Proud Boy protest, you know, trying to identify people in, the, in photos and, and cross-reference them with other events – and then deliver that information to law enforcement. There are a lot of people doing this kind of work, and there are a lot of people who try to who who have They're trying shown up to dox to, the Antifa army, yeah, or showing up at BLM <laughs> protests and and trying to dox people who've attended those events. Well, as well, it's on all sides of of every of every event. You have people trying to dox everybody else. So some of the fallout that's happened so far is that the, uh, the podcaster who hosts the show Octoon Americana, which has had, had Mr. and Mrs. Saxon on as guests a, a couple of times, the earliest one I believe was November of 2021, he's been revealed, his name has been made public now, I have no problem saying his name, Riggin Lynn Shear from Brookings, South Dakota. Uh, this is according to a Vice article. Has been operating in the Midwest under the name Gordon Call, and that's the that's the name that he uses as host of that show in homage to the original Call, who was a neo-Nazi and anti-government protester from North Dakota, who was ultimately shot and killed by law enforcement during a shootout in northern Arkansas in 1983. Sheer's identity was first revealed by the anti-fascist researcher, researchers should say, at the Anonymous Comrades Collective, who are the same people who have uh, who did the initial discovery of the Dissonant Homeschool Network on Telegram, after he helped promote the Nazi homeschooler couple from Upper Sandusky in Ohio. So this is all interrelated. Reach a national audience by hosting them on his podcast, Octune Americaner, multiple times. Oh, well, that, that was the other thing, the other fallout. I almost forgot. Literally, while I was listening to episodes of Octune Americaner, it was getting pulled, and that's been another consequence from all of this publicity, is that up until recently, it had been on Spotify. And not just that, the the
2: the place where they host the the, the source of
1: it. It was literally getting pulled as we were listening to it on their own website, because nobody hosts their own audio files. They use networks for podcasts. Yeah. So Libsyn was tearing down these episodes as I was listening to it.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Shear was also an administrator on the couple's dissident homeschool telegram channel, despite having no children. I mean, that doesn't stop them. I, I mean, it's just like showing up at school protests despite having no children in that public school, which is also something that they advocate on on uh, on Sheer's podcast. Octoon Americana is just showing up at school board meetings, even if you're already homeschooling your children.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: The Saxons have also been doxed. Um, this is from Matthias's piece in The Huffington Post. Despite their best efforts to keep their real offline identities hidden over the past year, Mr. and Mrs. Saxon have revealed similar pieces of uh, similar pieces of biographical information in telegram posts, blogs, and podcast appearances. Information the anonymous Comrades Collective filed away. Like when Mr. Saxon revealed that he and his wife live in a small farming community in the Great Lakes area. Quote, a town of 6,000... Uh, why don't you read the quote?
2: A, a town of 6,000 people in the middle of a cornfield that, up until that a town of 6000 people in the middle of a cornfield that up until about 5 years ago was essentially 100% white he said that on a podcast lamenting that the area was growing more diverse until 1945 there was a sign on the city limits that said no
1: negroes allowed within the city limits when people are trying to do this sort of like operational security and maintain anonymity they they don't they, they can very often overlook this kind of thing so this should be a, uh, a case study for everybody else who isn't doing racist shit, but still wants to remain anonymous in, in, in doing what they're doing for all kinds of good reasons. The town, He said the town has 6,000 people. It's obviously surrounded by cornfields. Um, it's been mostly white. And that sign that up until 1945, it said no Negroes allowed within city limits. <coughs> These are all big tells. Also from the Huffington Post piece, the anonymous comrades collective already suspecting that the Saxons might live in Ohio found the census records indicating that the town of Upper Sandusky had about 6,000 people. And according to Tougaloo College database a of former sundown towns, which are all white communities that warn black people not to be seen there after sunset, lest they be murdered, Upper Sandusky was once home to a racist sign with a message similar to the one Mr. Saxon described. Of course, the, uh, the, according to the database, the sign did not use the word Negro. In the same podcast episode, Mr. Saxon grew angry while discussing how a company near his home had offered employment to refugees from Puerto Rico after Hurricane Maria. The company, he said, was, quote, Bringing third world tropical people into our little white ethnostate of a town. <laughs> Jesus, fuck. You'll probably get dragged for not saying ethnostate, but whatever. I think both are acceptable. As an ethnicity. Yeah, but you could say both. A search of news reports after Hurricane Maria shows that in 2018, Kasai, North America, an automotive supplier in Upper Sandusky, had recruited workers displaced by the storm. So we have all of these points of reference now. We have that that match up to this this town of Upper Sandusky.
2: It's triangulated (coughs) within a five meter radius at this point
1: we might as well be able to pinpoint their front porch. (laughs) Mrs. Saxon also revealed that she was a naturalized immigrant from Europe and her post suggested she might be from the Netherlands as she frequently discussed Dutch politics and food. So if you start talking about the same type of stuff over and over again, people are going to assume you have a connection with it. This should be education again for everybody who's trying to do legitimate work that non-racist stuff. I mean, by I don't think there's many neo-Nazis listening to this show we do occasionally get some people who are just looking to uh, to start shit. But if you start talking about all the same stuff from the same place, then people are going to assume you have a connection there. A 2017 article in the Toledo Blade states that Katya Lawrence was among 51 people sworn in as U.S. citizens during a naturalization, naturalization ceremony at a local high school. Her country of origin, the Netherlands. And... I mean, at this point, you don't have to go too much further to be able to positively ID who these people are. Because once you have her name, you can look at public records and get his name if they were actually married at some point. One, at least one of their chi- their children were, was enrolled in public school for, some, for a time, their oldest daughter, which is a fact that they've dropped on the show, uh, on the podcast appearances that they've made. And so, you know, based on all this, Christopher Mathias attempted to make a couple of uh, contacts with them to get comments for his article, which they did not reply to. And then at dur- directly at that same time period, Katya Lawrence uh, deleted her Facebook profile. You know, so all of these things coincide to positively confirm, or at least remove they pretty much all Nazi doubt. The pro-Nazi
4: homeschooling group has been reportedly, tra- been reportedly traced back to a family in Upper Sandusky, and state leaders there calling for action. Michael Sandlin joins us live in studio with more. Michael, you talked with a representative from the Ohio Board of Education. Give us her thoughts on this.
5: Jeff, I spoke to Teresa Feder, who says when she found out about an online homeschool promoting pro-Nazi content, reportedly based out here in the Buckeye State, it calls into question if something like this could even happen at all. The page in question, the dissident homeschool on the messaging app Telegram, currently has over 2,300 follows, sending lesson plans to homeschool parents featuring racist comments and pro-Nazi ideology. Fetter says an example of the lack of regulation in educational programs, pointing out that homeschool programs can be partially funded with our tax dollars, but the standards are quite relaxed compared to public schools. In fact, under Ohio law, parents choose the curriculum and course of study and only have to write into their district once a year confirming that they are continuing to teach their child. Fetter says she's come to the defense of homeschool families before but she says this incident proves the Board of Education needs to take a serious look at how it regulates the homeschool structure.
6: It it makes people sad
0: to think that our children are actually being raised in hateful um, lessons and hateful ideology. And if they're using our tax dollars, such as the $250 tax credit to raise your children, with Nazi curriculum, that's wrong.
5: We also received a statement from the superintendent of Upper Sandusky Schools, which reads in part, the allegations are egregious and the district vehemently condemns any such resources. Why cannot discuss or share student records due to state and federal privacy laws, the Board of Education's policy is to maintain an education environment that is free from all forms of harassment, and the Board vigorously enforces its prohibition on discriminatory practices based on protected classes. Now Federer says she's asked the state superintendent to gather all the rules of the current homeschool structure from the Department of Education so that the members can review it, and calls on Governor DeWine and all other state politicians to immediately denounce the Nazi content.
6: Ohio's Department of Education is investigating a homeschooling network that claims public schools are run by quote, Zionist scum. Yes, you heard me right. The network allegedly teaches kids to, say, Sieg Heil in class and instructs fellow parents not to give their kids, quote, Jewish media content. These parents are part of a 2,500-member-strong telegram network called the Dissident homeschool network. These dissidents are a group of Nazi parents who share homeschooling lesson plans extolling the virtues of Hitler and white nationalism while relying on a popular social media account run by a Jewish woman to provide ammunition for their hatred. The founders of the group were recently unmasked by a hate group monitor as a couple in rural Ohio. Stephanie Siddons, an Ohio Education Department representative, says she categorically denounced the racist, anti Semitic, and fascist ideology and materials being circulated.
1: All right, Jules, are you good? I'm good. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this awful, awful episode of Wet Wired. Hey, I want you to know I,
2: I say this every other episode how much we do for you. We suffered through <laughs> <laughs> so much of this nonsense.
1: Thank you for listening to another episode of Wetwired. wired. If you'd like to help us to continue making episodes like this one, you can support us for $5 a month on Patreon. And by becoming a subscriber, you'll also be able to listen to our premium episodes and get access to an entire back catalog. It definitely helps us out quite a bit. We've had a few new subscribers recently and it is so much appreciated. I, I would very, very much like to devote more time to this show and, Every single individual subscriber makes that that much more possible. And we're even traveling, which you'll find yes. out in our
2: next episode.
1: Yeah, you'll, you'll find out soon about Jules's escapades. <laughs> so until next time, everybody. See you later.
4: Someone I know, a friend of mine, um, sent me some, some, some uh, screenshots of these, like, basically these concerned moms on a, on a, on a thread and um there's this there's this issue going on in this rural school district in the midwest um it's a school district that probably has a couple of hundred maybe 300 at most like total students in it and they're having issues where uh you know boys are using the girls bathroom girls are using the boys bathroom there's kids wearing like EDSM attire to school complete with collars and leashes and um there's furries And the furries, apparently, in the school district, it's caused a bit of a ruckus. They've they've been demanding access to a litter box.
7: This is a poem which explains why I'm a nationalist. It was published in the Antelope Hill Why We Fight anthology of poems and stories that are of the same theme. And um, here it is. It's called Hero Play. Smile! Two teeth missing holding up a box of new crayons, a first, once again. Just like Mama, my darling, here you will sit on a colorful rug. At the feet of a smiling lady, she will tell you of brave pilgrims who crossed a stormy sea to carve a wilderness just for you. She will give you paper grocery sacks and teach you to make stiff pilgrim hats. Today, you will play our heroes of yesterday to become the hero of our tomorrow. How was school, my darling girl? Not as you said. We took the paper grocery sacks, but cut them into strips. We glued them into paper chains. He pushed them on my wrist. He told me I deserved it. He made me apologize. Mama, pilgrims were not good and brave. They murdered, lied, and colonized. I, the evildoer, the white devil, the bringers of the slaves,